the fact that two kids from Montana who were kind of displaced and tossed around, um, the fact that they could use their voice to change a whole system is really incredible and really speaks to what the power of storytelling and being able to tell your story can do and that we all have the power to make a difference just by sharing our personal story. Welcome to the My Kind Podcast, where we get to connect with beautiful and talented women who inspire us with their stories about how they've started their business or brand. We get to explore the many ways people have chosen to focus on discovering their passions and purpose in life. The stories are as endless as there are people, but there are many common threads that hold us together through this path. At My Kind, we get to emphasize the different stages of this process, both the difficult and the inspiring. Do you want to make the most out of your day, your week, in these months and this year? I know I do, but not at the expense of my happiness or time with loved ones. So let's figure out how and go on this journey together. I'm so excited to share this podcast today because my guest is in Amy Jo Martin's Renegade Accelerator Mastermind with me. She has been a huge part of my group and given selflessly with the goal of serving others. Telling your story is an act of bravery. Not only that, but it opens doors and allows people to view things from another perspective. Today, I get to interview Paige Williams the founder and CEO of Oddpop. She knows firsthand that a story can change hearts and minds, having experienced her own struggles herself. But she found a way to turn her own adversity into impact and chose to use the power of story. Now she gives back to others with her company by providing opportunities to connect filmmakers with businesses. We get to talk to her about her childhood, the films she created, the impact they made, and the business she runs, and how she's reimagined and expanded her business model since last year. Paige has gained so much wisdom in her years, so let's tune in now to hear her story. Paige, welcome to My Kind. How's it going? Good. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Yeah. And you are right now, you're coming from Missoula? Yep. Missoula, Montana. What made you move there? Oh, I moved here um, in 1999, having graduated from college, grew up in Mississippi, and um, decided to move all the way across the country, packed up my Volvo and did that with my dad and have been here ever since. So I've spent about half my life in Mississippi and half of my last life in Montana. So, you know, just rural red states that start with M. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good way to remember it. Yeah. Although, you know, from what I've seen of Montana, it actually reminds me a little bit of here. There's, there's lots of these kind of like big, 
we're not super close to the Rockies, but we're sort of on our way towards it. And so you've got a lot of, you know, mountains and rivers and kind of lakes in between, tons of great hiking. So do you get out and do do some hiking? Absolutely. It's absolutely gorgeous. And, you know, I had seen a river runs through it um, when I was about 13 years old, and it really stuck with me in a significant way um, because place as well can tell so much of a story. And so I was excited. I had a couple of friends who lived here at the time and they said, why don't you just come out and try it? And I did. And I fell in love and I stayed. Beautiful. That that movie, too, that was probably one of my pivotal teenage movies. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I I would watch it with my girlfriend anytime we didn't know what to watch. That was what we watched. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, I have to say, holy, holy cow, you have had quite the career and I'm sure a pretty awesome story that goes along with it. And it sounds like you focus on telling a lot of other people's stories, but I, I'm definitely curious to hear about yours today. Sure. Well, um, my story, like everyone, starts at the beginning and and place really shaped who I am. And, um, and then there was a big pivot in my life and then several big pivots since. And so grew up in Mississippi in the deep South questioning racism from the time I I could talk and uh, grew up Southern Baptist, went to church four days a week. And then when I was a senior in high school, realized I was gay. And so that caused quite an upheaval in my family and created some family drama. And Lived through all of that and moved out to Montana as quick as I could after college. From there, decided that I would go to grad school. And so I ended up doing a double uh, master's degree in directing for theater and directing for film. And after I graduated from um, graduate school, I thought, okay, what am I going to do now? And so I started pitching a documentary idea about my family and my upbringing. My parents had started an ex-gay ministry, which is for people who think they shouldn't be gay because they love Jesus and decided to make a documentary about us and our family and our relationship. And how do you get along with people in your family when you fundamentally disagree and shot that film over the course of a couple of summers and edited it together. And then it ended up uh, screening at about a hundred film festivals and winning several awards. And from there I went on to make a few short documentaries. And then my second feature documentary, which was called From Place to Place. And that film followed six kids um, as they aged out of foster care in Montana and they had no permanent connections. And two of those characters ended up being able to go to Capitol Hill to testify about their experience of growing up and aging out of foster care. And that led to the largest piece of legislation in child welfare reform in the last 50 years. And so from those experiences, I really understood that stories can change hearts and minds. Mississippi Queen changed my parents. It changed our church or the church I grew up in. It changed the film festival audiences' lives who were there to see it. It changed my life. It totally transformed our relationship and their ministry, as they call it. And then with From Place to Place, 
we saw this national and state policy and legislation changed that directly changed the outcomes for, you know, our most vulnerable children in our country. And so I knew that stories can change the world from that experience. And I hit a bottom of my own um, at the end of From Place to Place and was going through a divorce and changing some things in my life. And I decided that I wanted to start a company that would connect filmmakers to opportunities and help filmmakers like me. And so then I um, started the company I run now under the name Audience Awards, because my films would win the Audience Awards at film festivals. And the idea was um, filmmakers would upload their shorts and find an audience. And then we realized we could monetize that and we were off and running. And then last year, right before COVID, uh, we rebranded to Odd Pops. But since we started the company, I started the company we have a global community of 75,000 filmmakers. We've worked with enterprise brands like Dell and Southwest and GoDaddy. And now we are opening our platform so that any business of any size can access our filmmakers and our creative network to get the video that they need. So you're not busy at all. <laughs> That's a crazy amount that you've accomplished and Going back to the beginning, what was it like to grow up as a Southern Baptist? Um, for me and the way that my brain works, it was quite confusing because, you know, there's so many dualisms in the Bible of like God is love, but yet he sends people to burn for eternity. Or, you know, we're supposed to love everybody and love our neighbors as ourselves. And of course, all of my neighbors are of a different ethnicity than me, and yet they're not in our churches and they're not accepted. And then of course, you know, in the eighties growing up, there was still um, segregation and school dances were segregated some in the South. There were all of these overt systems that elevate racism and support it in my white family and their racism and dualism was very confusing. And so from a very young age, I was asking questions about this and it was pretty confusing. And then when I realized that I didn't fit in the box either, and then my family turned on me, that was, that was a huge shift in my life. Yeah. Did you say that you actually went back and worked with them on your documentary? Yeah, they um are my documentary. My first doc, Mississippi Queen, is about yeah. me and my parents, and uh, they had started an ex-gay ministry when I moved to Montana. So I went back and told their story, our story, to try to kind of reconcile some of this dualism and all these questions in our relationship, and we unpacked that in the film. Wow, that's that's pretty big and a brave thing to do because you you could have left it there, you know, without, without going back to it and addressing it. How did that turn out for you and your family? Yeah, it was, you know, it was hard. Um, but even from the, it was also cathartic. So the first summer we shot, it was really tough. I mean, really tough. And I was pregnant with my first son and, um, and, and it was hot and, I just heard things that 
I'd never asked the questions because I never really wanted the answers for my parents. And then I heard them saying, you know, this isn't you. This is a choice. You know what's right. Yes, we believe you can be healed from your homosexuality. Yes, we believe this is God's will for your life and all this stuff. And here I am partnered up and having a kid. And then from that first summer to the second summer, when we went back and shot again and my son Jack had been born, everything had changed in our relationship. My parents had softened and Jack changed their perception. And it's like the more love that came into their life, they were the more they were able to be open and to love. And then from that time of doing the second round of interviews over the second summer to the edit, and we're actually sitting in the theater in Jackson, Mississippi, watching Mississippi Queen, half of the audience is my, the church I grew up in, and half the audience is the college and the liberal Jackson that exists. And even from, from there to there, there was, was quite... Um, a different sense of love that was not there before and would not have been there if we had not had the courage and vulnerability, both both on my part and my parents' part, um, to talk about our stories. And so even since then, you know, that was that was in 2007. So it's quite a while ago. You know, our relationship has continued to heal and grow stronger. And my parents have opened up and, you know, learned a little bit more about how to love and show that love to me. And so it's it's been quite a gift. It's always a gift when we're able to tell our stories, um, but it's also very terrifying and quite hard as well. When did you realize that aside from the racism and the duality that your personal feelings about who you were attracted to, when did that come into play? How old were you? Um, I was a senior in high school and um, fell in love with a girl for the first time and everything just kind of clicked and, you know, never really looked back. Like I knew in my gut and in my heart, although there was a different theology in my world, I knew that, you know, I was okay and this was okay. It was just everybody else around me who had the problem. Right, yeah. And so is that what instigated you thinking, okay, I know this is how I feel and I need to, I need to put myself in another place to live somewhere else where I can be more of me or how, how did you approach that? Yeah. So I was a senior in high school. And so I ended up going to college, you know, really just 45 minutes away from my parents and struggled through um, a little bit in the beginning and then kind of found my own jam and, you know, um, separateness from them and yet I was still very tied to them and so that that did end up instigating the you know 3,000 mile trek across the country to get away and find my own path and then when I moved here you know I, I pretty quickly like fell into Missoula and in the community and fell in love and and just stayed and so you know I talked to my parents regularly and go home occasionally and and we have as, as good of a relationship as we possibly can. And like I said, they've, they've come a long way. As have I. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, in some ways, that might be the best you could have gotten out of that, too. You know, that's a, that's a long journey. 
when you finished Mississippi Queen and moved on uh, to from place to place, how did you how did you get to the point where you wanted to do to do that documentary? Um, a friend of mine, uh, Shayla Munyon, was in graduate school getting her MSW, Masters of Social Work, and she had a colleague in her program, Matt Anderson, who was also in social work, and he had a class project. Uh, he was working with kids as they aged out of foster care, and <clears throat> there was this guy he was working with, his name was Cody, and he said, somebody should tell my story. I mean, I've had over 20 placements in seven years. I just moved all the time and now I'm aging out and I don't have any permanent connections. And Matt was like, you're right. Right. Should tell, should tell your story. And so he created a class project to make a five minute film about Cody's life. And Shay connected Matt and I for me to make that film. And what turned into like a one month, five minute film turned into a three year project following six kids um, going to Capitol Hill and changing a system. So that, that in and of itself was quite the journey. Holy cow. Yeah. My personal experience as a child was actually one of our houses on our, so we didn't have a cul-de-sac, but we had like four houses which were close to each other. And one of them, they were foster parents. So we had, we had foster kids in our neighborhood and regularly, regularly cycling through this one house. And I, I mean, I never even, I didn't know why they kept moving. I didn't understand it. And as a kid, I didn't even really question it, but thinking back on it, it doesn't make me think, you know, why did they have to move so fast? Yeah. I mean, the, the system's really not set up to provide permanent loving relationships. And so, you know, the film really addressed that and the things that the kids went through, um, being guinea pigs for pharmaceuticals, um, all, all kinds of things. And the outcomes aren't very good either. And um, Mandy and Rafe, the main characters of this film, ended up being able to use their voice and changing the system for thousands and thousands and thousands of American kids and foster care. And so the fact that two kids from Montana who were kind of displaced and tossed around. Um, the fact that they could use their voice to change a whole system is really incredible and really speaks to what the power of storytelling and being able to tell your story can do. And that we all have the power to make a difference just by sharing our personal story. Um, they are super inspirational to me and they just, I mean, they just mean, mean the world to me. And can learn so much from them, not just from their story, but the act of bravery of telling their story. I mean, when we got on, well, when we got on a plane with Mandy, she'd never been on an escalator. She'd never been on an airplane. And then all of a sudden she's from Missoula, Montana and in Washington, DC. Rafe couldn't even fly. So he had to like take a bus to DC from, he was living in Colorado at the time. So it was just like all these incredible experiences that we got to experience with them as they went on that journey to change a whole system. It's pretty remarkable. That is amazing. Did that give you the like the seed of the idea for Odd Pop? How did that start to evolve from there? Yeah. So um, I was teaching uh, some courses at the University of Montana's business school, and I was teaching uh, the business of film and television. 
and helping um, college students figure out business plans around an entertainment idea. And every film is its own business because it has its own LLC. It has its own, um, you know, members that belong to that company. It has its own budget and um, all of that. And so every film is its own little business or big business, depending. And I had been teaching that. And, and I was after three years of following these six kids, I was kind of like, OK, I need a break from documentary filmmaking on this level. And I was um, the Montana Film Office commissioner called me up and he said, you know, we want to create three Montana centric YouTube channels. This was back in 2013. Okay. And I was like, yeah, that's that's a good idea. But you don't need to just create the channel you need, and figure out how to get the content. You need to drive an audience to the content. And my films would win audience awards at film festivals. So that meant that the audience who watched it would pick it as the audience award. And so I thought, boy, we could just, you know, start, I could start a company like you can't vote on YouTube. So I could start a tech platform with audience voting and it could be this network that connects filmmakers to opportunities. And that would be really cool. And so I went on GoDaddy and bought the URL, theaudienceawards.com and started the company and Googled how to fundraise for a startup and just started from really just an idea and nothing. But, you know, when I was fundraising for Mississippi Queen, this was before Facebook and MySpace was big. And I went on, I think YouTube or made a video and posted it to my MySpace and said, if you buy a t-shirt using my PayPal button, I will send you a Mississippi Queen t-shirt. And that's how I fundraise my, for my company. And of course, this was like before Kickstarter. So I, wow. like I had the idea to do this to fundraise for my, for my film, but I didn't think, oh, this could be a whole product and so, or a whole business. And so when I had this idea, I thought, hmm, this, th I'm onto something here. And so I was looking for something new. I was at a pivotal moment in my life where things were changing and I was ready to take a big risk and a big jump. And so I just dove right in and started the company. Wow. So is there a point along the way where you were asking yourself, you know, what is my purpose? And is there anywhere along the way where you realized you had figured it out or did that just really slowly evolve? Yeah. I mean, it, it has been a slow evolution and I'll say that it's still evolving. You know, I think that there are periods of our lives where we say for this five years, my purpose is X and this five years I've grown into Y and then the next five years, it's going to look like Z. But I, I know that I'm a creative thinker. Um, I know that I like storytelling. I had realized that stories can really create an impact and I wanted to create impact and I wanted to be able to provide a platform that allowed more storytellers to have more impact. And so I connected all those dots, but, you know, sitting there in 2013 coming up with this idea, I don't know that I could have said that that's my purpose, but now I certainly can. And, and now it's kind of come full circle where, you know, for the last few years, I've been providing a platform to allow more stories to be told. And in doing that, it has been quite busy. And I've been being a, you know, bootstrapped female 
startup CEO. And now I'm starting to think about telling my own stories again. And so that's been an interesting circle. That's really beautiful. So in terms of that evolution of purpose, and I really kind of do like that term season of life, you know, where you're learning different lessons and going through different processes. Where are you at now? Are you looking towards something new or are you looking for another evolution? What What's in your mind? Yeah, so the company has evolved. We, we changed our, we rebranded and changed our name in 2020 and that went well. Um, and with that, it's kind of like the universe just followed. And so um, started pivoting the business. So we're doing, still doing our enterprise sales to large companies, but also decided um, the more I can help creatives find work and get jobs, the better of a job I'm doing in running Oddpop. And so we decided to open our platform up to any size business to be able to get the video that they need within their budget. So the mom and pop shop down the street alongside, you know, Delta Airlines, they both can be used in the platform and putting filmmakers to work. Let's take a little break now. I'd love to tell you a little bit about the My Kind Discovery course. Are you thinking about changing directions in your career? Possibly you're contemplating a pivot or maybe dreaming of a side hustle. Or do you just want to try to find more time in your day to live your ideal life? Often with these types of decisions come the big questions of life. What's my purpose? How do I know what I do next will be better than what I'm doing right now? Am I worthy? So many of us feel the imposter syndrome. My Kind is launching a four-week course to help answer your burning questions and create a clear idea for your next steps. We will be diving into the process of how to go from passion to purpose by using proven self-discovery methods focused on distilling your talents, skills, and passions into a framework that can help you feel confident in your purpose. You'll receive one-on-one -on -one coaching and feedback. You'll also get a boost of inspiration and motivation by working with the other amazing women in the course looking to level up on life. Join the waitlist right now for a chance to experience the power of self-discovery at mykind.ca slash discovery. Okay, let's get back into the podcast. Okay, so you've gone through this whole process in your different seasons of life. Where are you headed now? What What's your focus for your future? We can work with the mom and pop shop, you know, in any town, USA or global, as well as our big enterprise companies. And so that's a win because the more we can have filmmakers get jobs, the better job we're doing. And then personally, um, I've optioned a book um, called The Flood Girls, and we're trying to turn that into a um, a project, a series, or a movie. We'll see. We're shopping 
around. And then there's a couple of other um, documentaries I'm working on as producer. And so it's fun. So I'm getting to do um, my company as well as think about telling stories again. So not just that, but, you know, I've, I've learned a ton being a minority founder in a rural state where no VC has invested in a woman or a person of color. And so I've learned a lot too about, about that world. And so I'm thinking about, you know, how can I be helpful to other founders like me in spreading some experience and what I've been through to help them avoid some of the mistakes I've made as well as encouragement and to, to do, uh, to create businesses because it's never easy. And we all need champions and cheerleaders to be able to achieve these really hard things that we create for ourselves. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd say that the mastermind we're in together is, is pretty cool. And, you know, I don't think I would have ever met you or some of the other women in it hadn't we done it. I mean, that's just the story. Hearing everyone's stories is to me, one of the most rewarding parts. It's like, okay, they're going through that too. <laughs> or um, I'm not the only one. And it's amazing how obvious that is. But to hear those stories firsthand and then to keep experiencing that and realize over and over that, yes, we are, we are all going through the same things. Yeah, exactly. And it's always good to have a tribe around us where we feel connected because it makes the hard things a little bit easier. Yeah. And I'm super pumped to work with you with Odd Pop because I, I'm a film noob in terms of what, what I could do with my business. And hopefully we get some cool, some cool animation video out of it. But, but it also feels like you're in a mini Kickstarter in a way when I was filling out the form. Yeah, totally. And, um, you know, we're <laughs> happy to help and, and help businesses understand, you know, what video do they need and what does create a compelling call to action? And then how do they effectively, you know, work with the filmmaker that they want to work with and is a joy to work with. And so it's been super fun working with you and other businesses like yours or, you know, small businesses and, and just helping get the video that they need as well as the filmmakers getting more jobs and our first mm -hmm. campaign that we, launched for a small business. My friend um, Stacy Katz is a game inventor and she had has a card game called Not Parent Approved. Um, that's a number 10, you know, top game of Amazon during Christmas. And she has a had a new has a new game that's, that's coming out and she's going to do a Kickstarter for it. And she needed a um, a sizzle video about her game. And so she used our platform to identify a filmmaker to create this really cool animation that explains her super cool, innovative game. And, you know, she had um, a, a woman look at it who said, oh my God, that is the best game video I've ever seen. And we're going to get you distribution in some of the big box stores just from watching that video. And so the content that our filmmakers are creating is super high quality and, and she was able to get it within budget. So that's, that's super exciting. That's a win for everyone. That is amazing. And I have a question uh, because you mentioned it, a sizzle video. What's a sizzle video? 
Yeah, it's like a you know every Kickstarter campaign has a video. Yeah. Oh, that okay. Talks about the project, so it's like a teaser. Right, a teaser trailer. Okay, that's so cool. Well, not parent approved. I will check that out. Sounds a little bit like uh, Cards Against Humanity. <laughs> You've heard of that? It it's, it's basically Cards Against Humanity for kids, and it's a lot of fart jokes. In her next game. <laughs> The Kickstarter video that's, I mean, the Kickstarter will launch, I believe, in May 1 or so. And her new game is called What the What Card Game. And it's really cool. It's about all these inventions that never quite made it. And you figure out, like, you make up what the invention is. And it's crazy fun. That's so cool. And then for the filmmakers, too, on that side, sounds like you're able to connect a lot of filmmakers who might otherwise have a barrier to finding people who need these videos. I mean, that's a pretty big, that's a pretty big doorway for them. Yeah. I mean, you know, the way businesses find a filmmaker is they ask around and they kind of maybe do a Google search, but it's really difficult. And same for filmmakers, like to get hired you know, they kind of have to have their website and they can only reach people within their community. But in this case, they can work with businesses around the world. And so we're solving a really big problem for both businesses and filmmakers. And, you know, we've given away millions of dollars and awarded millions of dollars to filmmakers to date and provided them lots of jobs and opportunities. And so some of it is video creative work. Some of it is film work, some of it is getting discovered by a network, getting their films um, distributed. And so we're just doing everything we can within our power to provide a lot of creativity and magic and alchemy in connecting filmmakers to opportunities. And we do that with brands and businesses. And and so it's super fun. You know, as, as our job is really just to tell more filmmakers about us as well as tell more businesses about us so that the network effects can be even greater and greater. Yeah. And then you can go for a hike and chill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, thinking back to last year, what is maybe the lesson or a takeaway that you took? Ooh, that is such a good question. <laughs> I used to travel a lot and I was always having to make these hard decisions between being at home and being with my kids versus traveling. And um, I co-parent. And so I did have this split time where one week I wouldn't have the kids and one week I would. And so I would travel in those spots so that I could be home and present during those weeks. But a lot of times that would bleed over. Or I would be exhausted or I would spend way too much money trying to land a client and when, and, and just busyness, just so much busyness, even driving to the office and getting coffee with people. Like there was so much time spent in travel, whether local travel or away. And then for everything to just shut down and stop, I had to be like, wow, I have been running hard. And there was like this moment where I didn't know what to do with myself. And so a friend of mine from high school and I got together and we did this crazy show called the Pookie Podcast but we recorded ourselves and recorded all these guests and just gave us ourselves this big creative project that lasted over eight weeks. And we wore ourselves out on that. And then it was like, okay, I settled in. I looked at my business. I thought, how can I innovate this business? You know, sales went to zero. 
I mean, just zero. And so, right. but there was this shift between running and gunning and then everything changed. And then the groundlessness of that feeling, trying to fill it up with some busyness again until I could get right and really understand that my focus is still my focus. It just has a different lens. And so from there, I was able to bring this team together to join me in Odd Pop that was really phenomenal and then start building more relationships and think about opening my platform to all businesses versus just some businesses. And so it really provided this opportunity for deep, reflective thought, engagement, and then allowing me the time to take all the steps necessary in order to build a new vision. And if I was still traveling and COVID had not happened, we would not have gotten better. Uh, we would not have iterated our business to allow all businesses to be able to use our network. And I'm really proud of the fact that any business can now use our network. And I didn't even know that that was a thing I needed this time last year. It wasn't even in my brainscape. But because of COVID, it came to me because all of a sudden I have a lot more time for myself. I have a lot more time for my family. I have a lot more time for prayer and meditation, a lot more time for outdoor hikes. And, you know, it's the off time for me when the creativity really happens. It's not sitting in front of a computer and working. And so it allowed the creative juices to flow in a new way that created a new iteration of our company. It's such a common thread with so many people that you'd think we would just know that that's what we should do in some cases, right? Because, I mean, that idea in and of itself has been around forever. I mean, think of, you know, all the big thinkers, you know, Einstein, the Einstein walk and uh, just all of all of that thinking time to bring together your thoughts. It's it's we know that. Right. But you just get so caught up, like you said. Did you did you have to focus on taking a portion of that time that was now available to you and saying, I am going to use this for hikes or meditation or prayer or X, Y, Z? Like, did you have to really make that happen? Um, I, I already had a practice. I just had more time to do it. And so that's been really uh, awesome. Whereas before I, I didn't have as much time to do those things that I love. I'm, I'm an introvert. And so spending a long time and, and that kind of reflective thought just comes naturally, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I get to do it. And so it just allowed more time for it. So I am grateful for that for sure. Cool. Is there anything new right now that you're currently researching or focusing on? I know we're in our group together. What's what's bubbling up for you? Yeah, you know, we've been talking a lot about our go to stories and our brand essence. And um, I've, I'm so used to being a person behind the scenes and behind the camera that it's it's challenged me. But yesterday I, I opened my personal Instagram to a business account where anyone can follow it. And I started talking about the possibility of writing, telling my story. And so it's just opening me up to being willing to tell my own story more or tell my story again and share information that I've learned along the way. And um, 
And that's really cool. And then on the business side, you know, we're I'm having so much fun working with small businesses. And then we also have some really great campaigns that will be coming up with um, with big brands that I'm super excited about. And so it's it's kind of all followed. It's it's like the dominoes are um, falling into place and feel like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be because of because of those things. Those are good indicators. Whereas I've been in really hard situations and it's because I'm not doing anything. I'm not, I'm not where I'm supposed to be and there's tons of blockers. So it's, it's cool to be, you know, and, and that's always temporary and fleeting and always changing. But for this moment, everything is as it feels like everything is as it is supposed to be. Although that's always the case, whether or not I accept it or not, you know, that's up to yeah. 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 You don't actually get to decide. Right. <laughs> So true. Well, I i mean, it's so fun to be in a group that challenges each other, even just with ideas and talking about your stories, which you might think are, hey, you know, I, I've told this so many times it, 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 it's people are over it. But then you realize, oh, wait, no, no, this is something that actually does connect. And, and you've done that, I think, so amazingly. And also, you ask such great questions to the group. It's not just on my part, but I know it's it's hugely appreciated. Oh, so. thank you. I, I'm I'm curious. What are you getting out of it? You know, for me, I'm um, I'm really I'm trying to take all these ideas, which feel like they're expanded into all these almost like balloons of the ideas. I could do this, or I could do that, and then now funneling them down and distilling them back into of focus. So I felt like for me, I opened up myself up to all these ideas and now I'm just trying to figure out, okay, where do I really, really want to put my time? What do I really, really want to do? And for me, it, it honestly comes back to this podcast. I love, love hearing the stories of the people that I interview and being able to share that. And it feels it doesn't feel like work to me. It feels like, ooh, I get to do this today. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's a good <laughs> Yeah, that's a good thing. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, so I'm just really pumped to keep keep going along this road and then connecting with everybody. Like it's like, oh, all of a sudden I feel like I have a graduation class of 2021. <laughs> I know, I know. It's a real gift to have been able to meet you and and the other women in the cohort and uh there's just nothing quite like it. I agree. Well, if you're cool, uh, let's uh, head into the lightning round and then wrap it up. All right. Sounds good. All right. So if you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it say? Listen. Mm. That's why introverts are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> could turn back time and talk to your 18 year old self what would you tell yourself you are beloved yeah I don't want to go back to that that's for sure what does living your best self mean to you um I think living my best self means being of service to others and listening and trusting my intuition and acting accordingly yeah, we didn't get into the conversation about intuition, but it 
it feels like this is a very strong link for you throughout your life story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's been times where I listen to it, times where I don't. So always learning from that. Yeah. So in context of where you live, I'm not sure how close you are to your town. Um, coffee or tea? Oh, coffee. Uh, coffee. Like five, five times a day. Coffee, coffee, coffee. And I'm, and I, I'm obsessed with coffee and I um, am a coffee snob and I have a process <laughs> and a method and it is like a whole thing every day. And it is like the best part of my day. <laughs> Trust me, we have these conversations. We, I have friends who have now started ordering and roasting their own beans. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, some intense coffee loving friends, including me. I like coffee and tea, but I mean, I, I love my coffee. Do you, um, what's your method? Percolator? Uh, do you use a, like a bodum or a... I use this little gadget called a rock, R-O-K. And I discovered it in Mexico, Sayulita, Mexico, in the one coffee shop in that town. And that's how they made their espresso and their Americanos. And I looked it up. It's an Australian company that makes this um, compressor and it makes the best coffee ever. And it's, you know, very affordable and brings me so much um, joy. (laughs) So cool. Uh, do you collect quotes? Do, do you have a favorite one right now? Ooh, um, life can only be understood backwards, but must be lived forwards. Ooh, I don't think I've ever heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> right now, I can't even remember who said it. <laughs> That's awesome. I'll look it up. <laughs> um... This was so fun. So where can people find you and connect with you? Yeah, um, oddpop.com, A-U-D-P-O-P.com. And then personally, I'm at um, Twitter, oddpop at page and Instagram page produces. Ooh, the new one. All right. The new one. <laughs> uh, thank you, Paige. This was super thank fun. You. I appreciate you being able to spend an hour with me and share your story with the audience it's it's huge and you have lived wow uh, such a life my pleasure and kudos to you for providing this platform for people to tell their stories thank you Have you ever had a business idea you thought you could turn into a side hustle or even possibly your main gig? Or maybe you've thought about becoming an influencer, but don't know where to start. Well, friends, stay tuned for the My Kind podcast airing every Sunday evening so you can get your week off to the right start, focus on your goals and get a little inspiration to boot. We explore the world of entrepreneurship and focus on supporting women like you to achieve your goals and turn your talents into a business. Each week, we'll explore a topic related to starting or growing your business by interviewing go-getter women 
and holding on-the-fly workshops that you can listen to while you're cleaning, driving, or working out. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, Apple, Spotify, or Anchor, and join the community on Facebook at mykind.ca and on Insta at mine kind of business. See you soon.